0: Today's torrenty is being uh, broadcast a little different than we do it. Um, there is um, something to say about actually getting together. Yeah. Why is this off? What is this? i mute. mute. Oh, Who's that? Go Why is you on mute? Click on her. Uh Okay. Okay, good. I I was muted. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so there's something to be said about getting together in the same room and the energy and uh, um, the special uh, neshama and the godly presence that is when we get together. But uh, because of the circumstances, of course, uh, thank God we have the technology, so we can do uh, some of it. And, um, you know, I like to uh, start off, you know, we're all worried and we're all... um, uh, Heartbroken for a lot of the uh, people that already have suffered. Unfortunately, in the uh, Brooklyn Crown Heights community where I come from, um, there's been a lot of uh, people, unfortunately, that are very sick and have been admitted to the emergency room. Uh, you know, in the uh, especially in the Jewish and especially in the Hasidic community, especially in a place like um, 770, there's just so many people there on top of each other. And when people don't realize that they might be affected just because they don't have the symptoms, and uh, we know now, and I'm surprised that we weren't educated earlier, um, that uh, even if you have no symptoms whatsoever, you still can be a carrier. And most of the time, in young people, they can be carriers to them. It's not even a cold, a cold or something very mild. But if they uh, pass it on to the elderly or those who have uh, immune uh, issues, it uh, could be fatal. It uh, could be really fatal. It's really a, a big danger. We actually, uh, this um, afternoon, uh, I actually closed the shul, our shul as well. I'm not going to have any services over there until it's safe to do so. Um, even though some rabbis are lagging behind, but it really seems that it could be really a danger for, for people. So while you feel may feel good or not realize it may not be the uh, the fact. And as much as we have to protect ourselves, we also have to protect others. And uh, it's got to that point that I felt that at this point that would be the smartest thing to do. But in any event, so. The, the the nice thing about this thing is we're going to talk a little bit about the Parsha, as we always do. Uh, an interesting discussion today. But uh, before we do that, uh, and let me try this out also. I would like to say a chapter of Psalms for the people that have been affected. Uh, not only for those who have been affected uh, physically, but there is just so much pain out there with so many people suffering in various different ways, you know, uh, Financially, you know, I spoke yesterday to someone who runs several restaurants, and he said that he had to uh, lay off the workers. All the restaurants in New York are closed. And one of the uh, chefs who's been working with him for many years said, I don't have money to pay my rent, and I don't have money to buy food. I mean, I live from paycheck to paycheck, and now that you're laying me off, what am I going to do? So he did, and so it's really heart-wrenching, and... uh, Families in Israel, you know, as it is, they barely are able to put food on the table, and add this to that, and the isolation—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really um, a hard time. But we we, we, we should not despair. Uh, we need to do everything in our power to try and mitigate and, uh, and keep, uh, you know, safe distances and you know follow the instructions of the professionals. But uh, at the same time, we have to be confident and, and not uh, sort of uh, give up. And uh, it's not all over. It'll very uh, quickly pass in mitzvah and we'll um, better days are coming very very soon. So we got to hold out a little bit, and uh, and in mitzvah shem. So let's start to tell them now. The nice thing about this is uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I got as soon as I figure out how to do it. And I'm going to share my screen. And on my screen, I have, uh, let's see if I have it here. Let me see where I have it. Uh, On my screen, I should have, I thought I had. I'm not sure how to do it yet, maybe. Um, So I I wanted to have it. There's
1: an icon on the bottom that says share.
0: Yeah, there's a few. um, Where where do you see? Oh there's an icon sound. icon
1: that says share on the bottom yeah, there.
0: they're all yeah that's it but I'm looking for a actually for a document that I prepared before so let me just one second go out and find that document by me give me one second um, where did I do that document um, I had a document over here um, okay so this document let's see oh you don't see the do you see now my screen you do you see? Can you see what I'm pointing to? Tehillim Perikov? Is that visible to you? No document. You don't see anything. Okay, so that's not yet visible. So let me see how I can get that to be visible. Oh, here we go. I think so. Let's see. Yep. Now, because it's staggered, let me just put this to the side. Now, you see to my right-hand side? Do you see over here? Yes. Okay. All right. So we can say we can say like I'm starting. You can see. You can follow together. You see what I'm saying over here. Yes. Lam natseyach mizmor leDavid. Is this helpful when I uh, yes. put it on there or better without it? Okay. So far, lam natseyach mizmor leDavid.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. Ya'ancha Adonai b'yom tzara. Ya'ancha adonoi b'yom tzara. Yisagevcha shame Elohei Yaakov
1: Yisagevcha shame
0: Elohei Yaakov Yishlach Ezracha Mikodesh
1: Yishlach Ezracha Mikodesh,
0: mikodesh. Umitziyon Yisodeko.
1: Umitziyon Yisodecha
0: Yizkor Call Minho Terra. Yiscor, call Minho Terra. The The Hilva
1: Vecha.
0: NERANENA BISHU'A TEHA
1: NERANENA BISHU'A TEHA
0: UBESHEM ELOHEINU NIDGOL
1: UBESHEM ELOHEINU NIDGOL
0: YIMALEI ADONAI KOL MISHALOTEHA
1: YIMALEI ADONAI KOL
0: MISHALOTEHA ATA YADATI
1: ATA YADATI
0: KI HOSHIAH Adonai Mishiko.
1: Kihoshia Adonai Mish- Mishiko.
0: Ya Nehu Mishme Kacho. Ya Nehu Mishme Kacho. Big
1: Vu Yesha
0: Yimino. Big Vu wrote, Yesha Yimino. Eile Varechev, Veele Basusim. Eile Varechev,
1: Veelev. Asusim
0: Banachno Banachno
1: Bisham Adonai Elohenu
0: Nazkir Bisham Adonai Elohenu Nazkir Hema Karu Vinafalu
1: Hema Karu Vinafalu
0: Banachno Kamnu Venit O Dad Hoshia. Hoshia. Hamelach May Hashem listen to our prayers, together with the prayers of Kal Yisrael, and send the healing to all those who have been affected, and also uh, protect all the people. The Jewish people, all humanity, people in Israel, people all over the world who are suffering, who have been hurt, Hashem should send them a speedy recovery, should protect those who are healthy so they don't get sick, and help everybody in their uh, present situation that they should quickly see the salvation, as we say. Hashem Hoshia, Hamelech Yaneinu, Vyon Karenu. God would help us, and He will respond to us in the day that we call to Him.
1: Amen. All right.
0: So now, uh, both of you, we can't see your faces. Not Mrs. Velosov and not uh, not Janice. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Velosov I don't see at all. Maybe um, one Another way of doing it, maybe, Janice, hey, you is to tilt someone? your... Uh? You to what? <laughs> no. Do you hmm? s- I, can I can
1: see play? my face perfectly. Now you're good.
0: Now you're good. Now you're good. The point I'm okay. trying to say, sometimes... You tilt the, the, the uh, I don't know what kind of a uh, computer. With a laptop. You have a laptop. So if you tilt it a little bit, it'll get a little different angle. So you won't have to strain yourself. I don't know, wait, whatever Just is. It now. Yeah? Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we're talking about the Parsha. Let's talk a little bit about Piku Day. Uh, the end of Piku talks about the uh, building of the Mishkan. So let's see, actually, if I can get over here. I'll try to share the screen again and show you now in the Chumash. Okay? So like in the Chumash, i got to find out uh, an easier way how to, um, how to get it. So here, well, let's see, over here. So you see the back, that's the Tehillim. But let me go over here and find for one second. I'm wondering if that's going to work Okay. Okay, uh, let's see, so this, if I go back, um, uh, let's see, how do I go back? Um, new share, okay, oh, maybe this will do? Uh, okay, so yeah, so I think this will show, it. okay. So now you see um, the chumash I have on the, yes. on the, On the. Okay, so here, verse 17, okay. This is in Pikude. This week, by the way, is a double portion. It's Vayakhel and Pikude. So this is in the last section. We're going to do Chazak Chazak. Those who make it to Shul the Shabbos, which I don't know how many will or won't. But uh, we're going to finish the book of Shemos, the book of Exodus. Okay, so look at verse 17. So it says a little bit of a strange language over here. If we look at this verse 17, it says, yeah. uh, When I uh, highlight it, does that disturb you seeing the words or it's okay? Can you read well? Yeah, we highlight it. It? You can see it okay? Yes. I just want you to know where I'm pointing so that you can know, okay. The
1: first so, month.
0: So this was the first month. Yeah. On the second well, year. Second year. What does it mean, the second year? The Jewish people left Egypt when? We're going to have Pesach. On the 15th day of the month of Nisan. So the next year means when 12 months, almost 12, 11 and a half months passed by. The second year, it was again the month of Nisan. And then what happened? Be'echod laChodesh. This was on the first day of the month. Which day of the month was this? The first day of Nisan. What happened on the first day of Nisan, in the second year? The verse says, Hukam Hamishkan. What does Hukam Hamishkan mean? Hukam Hamishkan sounds like the Mishkan got up on its own. Hukam Hamishkan means that the Mishkan was raised. Uh, but if you look in the next verse, in yeah. Pasuk Yudchet, so here it says, Vayakem Moshe et HaMishkan. So who raised the Mishkan? Moshe. So the Midrash, and Rashi brings down, said something very interesting. The Midrash says, and Rashi brings it down, that the Mishkan was very, very heavy. Each one of those beams was heavy. Then you put together all these beams together, and it was impossible. Nobody was able to raise it. Hashem says to Moshe, He says, well, nobody can raise it. You go ahead and you raise it. Now even Moshe Rabbeinu could not raise it either. It was too heavy for Moshe Rabbeinu. So Hashem said to Moshe, you know what? Why don't you pretend as if you're raising it? But in truth, the Mishkan sort of rose by itself. It was a miracle. So that's why the verse states over here, Hukam HaMishkan. It was stood up by itself. Miraculously, all by itself, it stood up. But still, the verse says, Vayakem Moshe et HaMishkan, because it appeared as if Moshe raised it. Hashem said to him, you pretend like you're raising it, and it will seem like you're putting it up. But the truth is, what happened here was ha Mishkan," the Mishkan Stood up on its own, no. it just stood up. So, uh, the Rebbe asks a very simple question. And he has a very, very important lesson from this. The Rebbe asks, we find that there's an echo here, I'm not sure that's mine. Yes. Or, or is it, um, maybe because Sarah is not too far from me, I'm not sure now. I doubt it. I'm right
1: here.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm wondering, do you hear an echo as well? I don't know. There's no a little but it's okay. All right. So, anyways, so it says that uh, during the seven days, so again, when did when was the Mishkan, when, when is this verse talking about? On the first day of Nisan, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Coming up in a few days from now. Hmm. Uh, the Mishkan was erect. What happened seven days before the Mishkan was put up. Those were known as the Shivat Yimei Hamiluim. We read about it in the portion of Tzav, in the next book, in Bayikra. We read there were seven days of inauguration, of training. Those were the days that Moshe Rabbeinu was training Aaron and his sons. He got them ready for the service at the Temple. So in the seven days, Rashi says and the Medrash says that each of the seven days, the Mishkan was raised and the Mishkan was taken apart. Every day was raised and taken apart. So the Rebbe asks, if there was such a problem with raising the Mishkan on the eighth day, how could he raise it and unraise it during the seven days of inauguration? That was before the eighth day. We don't find that as a as a problem. It's not mentioned anywhere. I mean, the Rebbe goes through the details, and I just want to bring out more mostly what the Rebbe's message over here is. Uh, the Rebbe explains that. There was a big difference between the seven days that led up to the eighth day when the Mishkan was finally raised and it stayed and it stayed in that raised position. There was a big difference between these two raisings of the Mishkan.
1: Can I ask you a favor? Sure. Can everybody, besides the rabbi, mute, mute, mute themselves so that it, I think that will get rid of the echo. If Sarah and Janice mute yourselves and I'll mute myself? I don't know how to mute my... Okay, I can mute
0: you, actually. I'll tell you you what. No, if I mute you, this way, if you want to ask a question, then you could.
1: You unmute yourself. Huh? Uh, You unmute
0: yourself. You unmute yourself if you
1: want to ask a question. You... you What? It takes away the echo. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right.
0: But Nancy, my question is, if I mute everybody, will they still be able to unmute themselves? They yes, won't.
1: we can unmute ourselves.
0: But yes. it's only if you mute yourself that you can unmute yourself. But if I unmute no, you, then you won't can be un- able...
1: You can mute me, and I can unmute myself. I did it this morning. Okay.
0: All right, so let's try it now. Let's just make a test. I just muted Sarah. Can you unmute yourself? No, I'm not a bad person. She <laughs>
1: probably
0: can't hear you. No, well, she can hear me. She's the next room over. Oh, okay. So she can hear me. I don't
1: hear an echo right now, Rabbi.
0: It was her phone. Okay. okay, that's her phone. I think the echo's coming is because her phone is not too far from where I'm sitting. I think it's bouncing off from my, that's one reason. Okay. Okay, if you want to ask a question, Rebbitson, what happened, or just, where is everybody? I,
1: do you see me? I, I
0: see All of a sudden you. I lost everybody.
1: Oh no, I see you, Rabbi. Okay. No, no, no! I'm here. I'm just muted. I'm muted, so I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna mute myself back again. Okay. Let's see.
0: I- okay, so let's, let's just. Uh, we'll continue. Uh, Zami, yeah. how come I only see mommy's? I don't see everybody else's. Yeah, all I see is yours, also. Yeah, no, but I, I'm supposed to the host. I, I suppose say, oh again, no, I yeah okay don't no, push it up bring it carry it to the top okay no, to that's the good. top to the top but well, then I won't be able to stop sharing or anything. No, it's good. This is fine. Okay. All right, we're good. So okay, so the, the the Rebbe explains, you know, notwithstanding the fact, Hashem says, make for me a sanctuary and I will rest amongst you. It seems like Once they build the sanctuary, then God's presence will be in the sanctuary. But in reality is, all the seven days of training, even though they built the Mishkan and they did the services, that was all training process. And that did not bring down the Divine Presence. Only on the 8th day, when they finally built, placed the Mishkan, erected the Mishkan, and it stood, that is when the Divine, the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence came down into the Mishkan. So that means that the seven days while the Mishkan was being built and taken apart, it didn't really serve as building the Mishkan it basically served as a training session for Aaron and his sons to learn what to do so if they were learning what to do they had to have the space it had to be in front of the Oho Moed so they needed to have that done in order just of training but training does not bring down the Shechinah in order for them to bring down the Shekhinah, they needed to have the Beis Amik, the Mishkan stationary put up staying over there. Um, basically, what it means is, sometimes a person can try very hard. A person can do a lot of work, put in a lot of effort, And yet, because we're only human, and we only have a certain amount of energy and capacity, we can only reach a certain level. In this case, as much as we tried in the education, in the preparation for the Mishkan, That is not sufficient to bring down the Shekhinah. So during the seven days of inauguration, the Rebbe explains, over there the Mishkan was actually built by several people together. It did not need to be built just by Hashem Himself. Now we know today we see the pyramids we see all various different kinds of buildings. If you go in back of the hotel and you take a look at those huge stones, and you see how did they you know raise without the equipment we have today? How did they do that? But those people were very astute, so it's not really a problem for a bunch of people together to raise the Mishkan. But the seven days that led up to the actual erection of the Mishkan, when they stood up finally, that was done through many people, without a problem. Because it's okay to have the people's work, and the people's work, but all the people's work could not accomplish and bring down the actual Divine Presence. In order to have the divine presence, the mishkan sort of has to be hukam ha-mishkan. The mishkan has to be raised by itself, which means the divine has to raise it. It's our limitations. We have a limitation what we can accomplish. We need the divine. Moshe Rabbeinu, yes, yes. We all participated. First of all, everybody had to bring the gifts, and then the people, the wise people, created all the various different structures. And then, eventually, it was all brought to Moshe, and then Moshe itself, it came from Hashem. Who lifts up the Mishkan? It's lifted up by Hashem. In life, like I said, there is sometimes areas, that we can't help, we can't do. And we need Hashem that it should come from Hashem. It almost you know feels like you know over here that we're asking Hashem to help us out over here in our current situation because there's only that much. We're trying very hard what we can do, but we're asking Hashem to give us a little bit of a hand over here. He can do something that we can't do. There is an advantage. You know, when you work hard on something, even though you may not achieve a whole lot, but yet it's something that you toiled, something that you worked for, makes you very proud, makes you very happy. Actually, there's an expression of our sages that say that a person would rather have lesser of what he worked for than get a gift, which is a lot more. Something that you worked for, something that you achieved, something that you grew with, something that you uh, accomplished with your efforts, you have a deep appreciation for that. Uh, And even though it's not so much, in other words, you know, sometimes you have, well, somebody can go ahead and spoon feed you and give you all the ideas if you sort of come up with an idea you work something hard and you come up oh you enjoy it more because you worked on it and you understood it and you are the one that accomplished that uh, that would that success so while the seven days that we prepared for the building of the Mishkan that was our work and we enjoyed it, but we could not bring down the Shekhinah. In order to get the Shekhinah to us, we needed Hashem to go ahead and bring down the Shekhinah. You know, there is a, uh, in the codifiers, there is a discussion about the Beit HaMikdash that we're anticipating, whether it's going to be whether it's all built, it's sitting up there in heaven, and it's waiting for Mashiach to come, then it will just descend from the heaven. That's the opinion of Rashi. Rashi says that when we say in the portion of Beshalach, that actually Hashem creates the Beis HaMikdosh. What does that mean? That means that who can build us the Mikdash? Who can bring down the Divine? Similar to this idea, who can raise the Mishkan on the level? Only Hashem. It has to be Who come HaMishkan. The Mishkan is directed that only Hashem can do that. We don't have the power to do that. And that's why uh, the Mishkan, the Mishkan will come from Hashem. It's not going to be our interaction. But yet, the Mishkan served for two purposes. One purpose was the Mishkan was the place where God's presence was. God's presence was in the Mishkan. But also, the Mishkan served as a place where we brought the offerings. People came three times a year to celebrate the holidays. They came to the Beis Hamikdash. So it served two parts. So while the part of the Divine Presence is a very important part, but according to Maimonides, the most important part is is the service that we do within the Temple. And he emphasizes, according to Maimonides, he emphasizes the work that we do when we do hard work ourselves, and that's why, according to Maimonides, Mashiach will build the Beis HaMikdosh. Not going to come down from the sky. Not going to come down from Hashem. It's going to be the human activity. Hmm. Um,
1: Rabbi? Yes? Did you say Mashiach will build?
0: The... Mashiach so will build, I mean, according to, these are two opinions. According to the Rabbi, Mashiach will build the hmm. third Beis HaMikdosh. According to Rashi, I'm saying these are two different views. According to Rashi, the, the Beis HaMikdash is going to come down, uh, ready, already built by Hashem. And according to Maimonides, Mashiach will build the Beis HaMikdash. So depending on what we're emphasizing, if we're emphasizing our part in labor that we do, uh, according to Maimonides, it's we have to build it. And even the, in the Mishkan itself, the most important part is the part where we put in our effort and we put in our labor, a lot of labor. And the other part, yes, Hashem will have to bring down the presence, but the emphasis is really on our doing. I mean, in, uh, according to all, whether either way we look at it, um, uh, I don't know, I've been sharing this the whole time. Not necessary. Uh, according to... Um, according to... Um, even the Rashi doesn't. We, we all have to do the best we can. What happens is, when we work on something, and we work hard, so then we make ourselves a fitting vessel to be able to receive the blessing that we get. So, if Hashem just comes down and gives you the Divine, throws at you the Divine Presence, you're not going to be able to to receive it. We talked about, if you have rain coming down from Hashem, if you don't plow the ground, if you don't make the earth ready to receive the rain, So it's just going to run off. It's not going to penetrate and it's not going to grow anything. If you want it to grow, so you have to work hard and you have to open yourself up. One of the things you work hard is to break yourself up a little bit, which means, which represents letting go a little bit of your ego, becoming loose, becoming not a clunk of earth uh, together, but... Becoming soft, becoming sensitive, becoming caring, opening yourself up. If you open yourself up, then you allow for later on for the blessings to come down. So according to, so the seven days of the inauguration, they needed to do that. We all needed. Everybody had to participate. It says people were generous of heart, brought the gifts to the Mishkan, then the other people worked on it. Everybody pitched in. Everybody did their sheer. Everybody did whatever they could. So that was the necessary preparation. Because without that preparation, if Hashem would just give you the Divine Presence and no preparation on your part, then it's not going to sink in. So the Divine isn't going to mean anything. So what is it going to be? The Divine comes down, But it doesn't touch you. It doesn't impact you at all. You don't don't get anything from it really. It's just, it sort of almost goes over you. It doesn't go inside of you. It's like the rain that rolls down. So the divine hits you, but it doesn't, you don't take it in. You know, you don't absorb it. So in order to get it to absorb, you need to work very hard. We need to participate, we need to be caring, and we need to be plowing, and we need to crumble up the earth and get ourselves ready. But at the end of the day, that's not sufficient. We're still not going to get the divine. In order to get to the divine, that comes in the language of the Kabbalah, that is initiated from above. So while we can only initiate a little bit God responds to us with an initiation of his own so we initiate and we work hard and God's response is that he initiates which means he gives us a lot more than what we work for um, which means we just do a little bit and in response God gives us a lot so the seven days Moshe Rabbeinu and the people they needed, to, they needed to work and build and struggle and get the Mishkan working. And that helped them ready themselves. But yet, all that didn't do the job. The Shekhinah didn't come down. When it comes the eighth day, Hashem says to Moshe, come on, you're not even going to pick it up. You just make the motions. And guess who's going to pick it up? I'm going to do it for you. I'll take care of the rest. I'm going to pick it up for you, and this will be the accomplishment. And that way, we have both sides. First of all, we have all the blessings that Hashem can give us, the Divine Presence, which there is no way that we can accomplish it ourselves because we're very limited. But also, what we receive then, because we prepared ourselves. We are able to internalize it. We are able to become and really live by it. So how do we bring it out back to our current situation over here? Uh, we believe that everything is from Hashem. But while we believe that everything is from Hashem, we don't know why Hashem does what He does. That doesn't negate the fact that we trust that Hashem is doing what he uh, what he sees fit but to us it has to be some sort of a message so you remember uh, we're going to do by Mitzrayim now what were the Jewish people doing at the time when uh, Hashem the plague was taking place outside he says you don't go out of your homes if you don't go, stay in your homes. That's what it says in the Pasuk. Atem Matter of fact, in this week's Parsha, it's interesting, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, actually this was in last week's Parsha, he said he put a mask on his face. He put a masveh. Moshe Rabbeinu put on a masveh. And um, it's interesting that, you know, uh, and sorry, uh, expression that the Alter rebbe says that uh, this is in the beginning of the Parshish Kisisa. so it says there shall be no plague and the way he translated it is when you're lacking the ois you're lacking the sign what is the sign so like in every negative occurrences if we want We can take out something positive. I know people have told me that they haven't spent time with their family in years. (laughs) And now they're forced to be home together with the family. But one of the signs, one of the ideas is when people stay home, you know, you can make some good family time, I mean, if you can be together. Uh, You can make a nice Shabbat gathering. You don't have to rush anywhere. You don't have to run anywhere. One of the ISIS, one of the signs of the Jewish people is the Shabbat. So, I mean, Hashem is telling us, you know, listen, first of all, we get the message that nobody is, feels secure. People who thought they're secure, they have all the stock market, they were, see, in one knock, in one, in one shot, it all went. So, I'll tell you a story that I heard from my father, may he rest in peace. And he said that, and th- this is very appropriate because the story he always used to tell was mostly applicable in the olden days. And I, I always thought, but how would it happen today? But now with the uh, things we're dealing with, the virus that we're dealing with, and the stock market and everything, I see it happening today as well. So my father uh, used to relate the story that there was once a you know it was a he was a uh, religious man he would daven every day, and in the prayer you know you say that God owns everywhere he's in charge of everything, and he's in control of everything you know everything belongs to him wealth is his and everything else you have to thank Hashem for everything, and this man had a thought in his mind I'm not sure if it's a true story it's just in, uh, a parable he had a thought in his mind. I am so wealthy, you know, I am untouchable. He says, how in the world, if Hashem wanted to take away from me, so let's say that there was a fire in some of my places, I still have boats on the ocean, I have property here, I have investments here, I have everything all over the world. He says, how could Hashem, and as he was going with his talit and tefillin from home, there was this uh, non-Jewish uh, prayer uh, place that no Jew was allowed to go in. We're talking about days, and if a Jew went in there, they can you know do away with him. It was different times, you know. It was uh, it was a Christian country, and it was everybody a Jew was not allowed into those areas. But because he was all engrossed in his thoughts by him, he entered over there all of a sudden they see a Jew a Jew with a yarmulke, with a beard they, bring they said, okay, you came into this place you're not allowed to, you know what happens to people that enter here we we have to, you know kill you, that's it and he started begging for his life and he started uh uh, crying and he said he has a wife and he has children and he has this and that, and that and he's he says whatever you want, you know, I'm a wealthy man you know, I ransom, I'll give you so they said okay, he says, look we'll make a deal with you if you write us a document that everything that you own goes away to us, belongs to us then you're a free man what choice did he have that was his life so he wrote him the document And he walks out. And while he is walking out in his great sorrow, everything, happy to be alive, but poor, he says, Oh, Hashem, I see now how you can, in one minute, take this ultra, ultra wealthy person and make me into a nobody. But Hashem, it took so many years to build this. How could you ever, if you're in control... How could I ever, ever get that wealth back? It's impossible. You know what it took to acquire—how many years and how much effort and how much—I'm never ever. If you control everything, but how would I ever? You know, even if I found, you know, a treasure, everything—it's never going to match up to everything that I lost. And he's still in his thoughts and going on, and then all of a sudden, it started becoming cloudy. <laughs> And it started to rain and all of a sudden it started thundering and lightning. A lightning fell right on their place of worship. And the whole place with the documents everything was gone. He says, oh, I'm back a wealthy man again. A lot of us feel like, you know, nowadays what happens over here? You know, I'm never going to Get back, you know, how, you know, people laid off and people are hurting, businesses, you know, everybody, everybody is... is, is them. So now we're in that state in which Hashem showed us, hey, guys, you think that you can do it on your own and you're so secure with yourself? No, I'm in charge of the world. In one minute, the stock market, in one minute, the coronavirus, in one minute, your health, in one minute everything 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 can just fall apart whether you're powerful whether you're weak whether you're rich whether you're famous we have some people unfortunately who are very very wealthy and they're battling for their lives they're in critical condition you know they're battling for their life we said tell them for them before they're battling for their lives it doesn't help you know when problem is so that part we saw now we're asking Hashem. We see Hashem that you can do. You can take it all away in a minute. But we are asking Hashem, bring it back to us. Not only like before, a lot more. Just like in this story. In that story, he got it live, he got it back. we do not just asking to be back. We're asking Hashem and we're hopeful. And I really believe that uh, after it says, when Hashem... Sort of pushes you with his left hand, small doicher, but his right hand hugs you. He goes right behind you. He doesn't really let you fall. He gives you a little bit of a push, but then he embraces you and brings you back. You know, in life, also a lot of times we feel whether it's this situations, we have other situations. We feel like we got a push, you know. We feel like Hashem gave us a little bit of a, so to speak. We got a little push or a kick. We got, we got. So, but we have to remember and have to trust in Hashem that, yes, at the moment things are a little bit difficult. We may have gotten a push, but He's holding. There's like the net, you know, the people that are doing these acrobatic stuff there's like a net over there that you can't they you won't let you fall and hurt yourself so while you push you but well, we're not really gonna fall so again we pray for all those and we learn in their merit that Hashem should send them a very quick and a complete recovery and they should be healthy and strong we should increase in our good deeds our study of Torah Giving of tzedakah, prayers, uh, and generally being sensitive to other people, encouraging to other people to try to mitigate, because it's not just the sickness, which is, it's all the people around it, you know, people in isolation and people who are separated from each other. This can be sometimes very traumatic and psychological, very Painful, sometimes lasting damage is done. Sometimes even if you come out alive, you'd rather be dead, you know. There's, there's so much damage and there's so much uh, pain. But we pray to Hashem. And pretty, we'll, 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 we'll get over this. We'll get over this. The world will get over this. Israel will get over it. And, you know, maybe uh, the Rebetzin says that Israel will come up with a vaccine. And the whole world will have to see, even those who do the BDS will see, if they don't want to save their lives, so don't use the vaccine. <laughs> but if you want to save your life, just like Israel, the Jewish people have saved, whether it was from polio, whether it was anti antibiotics, various different medicine advances with the Jewish people were responsible. I saw once a a listing going through, I mean, I'm not so proficient in the history, but I want to have a listing. If you don't want to use things that were developed by Jews or by Israel, then a lot of your common, you'll have to give up your cell phone, <laughs> you'll have to give up a lot of, a lot of other stuff which are granted. So maybe we don't know the end plan. And of course there is some real suffering right now. But we have to follow the instructions, do the best we can, try to protect ourselves and others, and hopefully that Hashem will listen to us.
1: Amen. Want right, to yeah. well, like to
0: say something? Just so it seems a little eerie. I'm the only one talking here, and I'm looking at everybody. <laughs>
1: you, know, I do, you know, it's such a um, timely and beautiful class, and, and it's such a gift to be able, that you shared this with us online, so thank you so much. Yeah, did, and I, did, I wish that the and heals and gets better really quickly.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. That is that is very nice. And yeah, she's actually on medicine right now, so Baruch Hashem. You know, it's 24 hours, so she's getting better. I hope Mitzvah Hashem. And. We can